Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Livestream Sunday School. I'm Melvin Gaines. It's for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church, Akron, Ohio. Thank you for being here this morning. We have a very, very busy day ahead of us. We want to go ahead and get started with music while we allow people to join us online and be with us uh, for Sunday School. Uh, the selection is from the Kurt Carr uh, One Church Project by Kurt Carr, Something Happens. So thanks for being here this morning while we allow people to join us. God bless you all. Good morning, Liz. Good morning, good morning. Thanks for being here. Blessings to you all. Good morning, Vic. Thanks for being here this morning. Roscoe, good morning. God bless you, brother. Hope you're doing okay. Cindy Phillips, good morning. It is a good morning. Indeed. Hey, Jasper, good morning. God bless you. coffee for drinking it. <laughs> Amen. Gotta know what your goals are. <laughs> coffee. <laughs> Thank you, 
bless you. Blessings, blessings to you all. Thanks for being here for Sunday school. Richard Brown's watching. Good morning, Richard. Hey, Nate and Marnell, good morning. Thanks for being here. It's another day in the Lord today. Amen. We all made it. Amen. For greetings from the Pacific Time Zone. Amen. Okay, that was uh, Kurt Carr, and something happens. That was the selection, uh, the musical selection for today. Uh, thank you again, Arlen, for that. We appreciate it uh, very much. We have a lot to cover today because of the nature of uh, the kind of day it is. Uh, First of all, I got a call last night, uh, learned about 10 minutes after midnight uh, that I was going to be preaching today, and that was uh, one of those things where you just never know what's going on. <clears throat> Pastor Gus is, uh, he's in the hospital. He will be there at least, um, um, maybe will be released today, but we don't know. He had a, uh, he was pretty tired last night when I spoke to him, frankly, before all of that happened. I just ask that you just uh, lift up your uh, hands and hearts in prayer for him right now uh, for recovery. Uh, we, he is in for observation at the, at the hospital. <clears throat> Excuse me. So um, I did want to, uh, I did have a special request to, uh, following uh, this little mention here about Gus, just pray for him, pray for his health and recovery. Uh, also pray for Roscoe. Roscoe is also in the hospital, and I know that... Um, I'm glad that he's able to join us online, but we just uh, ask that you pray for him as well, too, for his recovery. And uh, Gus's brother, Glenn, also needs prayer. He uh, uh, will be going back uh, for additional treatments on Monday, um, and I just pray that you just be with him and his uh, family right now, the entire family, the Brown family, uh, for those prayer requests. Uh, we just have a lot happening, and I don't want to forget anyone uh, right now. I do have a favor, though. I want to, uh, Pastor Gus did provide a message online that I'd like for you to look at. Uh, it is going to be in the timeline on the Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page uh, after Sunday school. The New Testament covenant is better. He was continuing his uh, series in the covenant. And, oh, Roscoe, anytime. We're going to keep praying for you, brother. Absolutely. 
Um, the New Testament covenant is better, uh, is the name of the message that Pastor Gus prepared, and that's what he would have prepared uh, live in church today. But uh, since he won't be here, I ask that you please go look at that and please make sure it's about 54 minutes long. And I just ask that you just continue to uh, stay in prayer uh, for Gus and his health. The message is excellent. Um, yeah, and just just uh, make a note. Right, exactly. Make a note within the uh, the comment section of the message and just say, hey, hi, uh, we're praying for you. Uh, we just ask that you do that. I, that's a big favor. I want you guys to do that and put some hearts and likes on that uh, particular message for today. Uh, we will be at church today, gathering indoors. <clears throat> we have a lot happening at church today. Um, along with the message will be a baptism. Um, uh, Anna uh, will be uh, getting baptized. We, we look forward to that uh, after service today as well, too. Please remember your tithes and offerings. We've got a lot of uh, we've got a, a lot of needs in our church as well. We want to keep those things uh, taken care of with our regular giving. And the giving is not just for the sake of giving. The giving is for the ministry. The giving is for the benefit of people being able to gather together in our church. And for those who are in need, we always want to take that into account, where we are looking outside of ourselves and making sure that we're paying attention to others who may be in need or others who may be uh, may have issues that need to be taken care of. And sometimes money is a solution to some of those issues if we have it to provide. So please remember your tithes and offerings. If you are uh, not going to be at church today, you can mail your tithes and offerings to Akron Alliance Fellowship, 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. Uh, that's the mailing address. If you're coming to church today, please note that uh, temperature checks will likely be made at the door. If you're not feeling well, please stay home. We also su suggest that masks, if you want to wear a mask, it is optional. Uh, you can do that if you feel more comfortable doing so. We welcome everyone and anyone who wants to come to church today. Uh, God bless you all for being here. But just being, keep in mind also, to, in addition, that today is a day full of prayer. We want to keep praying for people we've just mentioned, and we want to pray for our church in general. It's present and future. All those things are all very important things to pray about. Okay, um, we have a, uh, a study that we're continuing in the book of Hebrews, and we will be getting to that now. And it is going to be in Hebrews chapter 3, and we're covering verses 1 through 6. And I was debating how much I would cover today, but based upon the schedule we've got today, I'm going to cover verses 1 through 6, and then we'll pick up with the rest of it next time we get together. But there is a lot in verse the first six verses, so that was uh, why I was looking at it very uh, intently to make sure that we were not overdoing it and making sure that the material we're covering was going to be um, something that we could all digest and look at once we once we take it and chew on it a little bit. So I'm going to take a deep breath here for just a moment and just uh, uh, say thank you again for being with us this morning. Uh, we really appreciate you being here. It looks like we've got a pretty good compliment online right now, and we will be doing Sunday School for online for the rest of this year. Uh, that is what the plan is right now based upon everything that's been happening. So we encourage you, if you know others who want to be up with us online, to join us. Uh, we won't be in the building doing Sunday School. We'll be doing it right here. So. Please spread the word. Let other people know if there's a way for them to get on Facebook. If they know how to get on Facebook, uh, that's all they really need to know. And and, and and invite a friend. Absolutely. I agree with that. Okay. 
Let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer, uh, and we'll get started. Father, we just thank you for this time that you've set aside for us to be able to study your word and look at what your word has to say. Lord, you are indeed mighty and powerful, and we look to you, Lord, for your comfort, for rest, for understanding, for wisdom, for knowledge. And Lord, we thank you for your healing as well, too, as we have been lifting up to you uh, people like Pastor Gus and, and Roscoe and Glenn and all any others, Lord, who are in need of your healing touch right now. We pray for those individuals and lift them up to you. As we set this time now to look to your word and look at what you have to say to us and look about, look at the majesty of Jesus Christ and the significance of Christ. I just thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you for your very presence, and we ask all of these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right, turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Hebrews chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Hebrews 3, verses 1 through 6. Good morning, Anne. And I want to assume Larry is there too, or maybe she isn't. Maybe he isn't. Excuse me, I don't know. Good morning, Anne. Um, thank you for being here. We, um, Hebrews chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. The subject matter here in this uh, particular chapter, it's a prelude for about a warning about unbelief, but we really don't get to that until we get to verses 7, so we'll focus on that for next time. But right now, the focus is on Christ being greater than Moses. And we're going to understand, we have to understand the context of who this is being written to. It is being written to Jewish Christians. So what we'll be doing is looking at this in, in more uh, detail as we go through the passage. And I think it's a passage that you just have to really kind of <clears throat> sit and look at, and even sit and look at, even after all we're all done with Sunday school, frankly, and look at what it says about what Christ means to us. I mean, that's really what this is all about, uh, what Christ means to us. Oh, wow, Tip and Christy Nagy are online. Hey, praise the Lord, guys. Thank you for being here. I'll tell you, I'm, it's just an honor to be able to do what I do uh, and be able to serve in this manner. And it's great to be able to, um, quote, unquote, see people online. Uh, thank you for being here. So let's start by reading verses 1 through 6 of Hebrews chapter 3. And uh, I'm going to be reading for the New Living Translation, a great readable version. Uh, follow along in your own version, please. Laura, good morning. Thanks for being here. Starting at verse 1, Hebrews chapter 3. And so, dear brothers and sisters who belong to God and are partners with those called to heaven, think carefully about this Jesus whom we declare to be God's messenger and high priest. For he was faithful to God who appointed him, just as Moses served faithfully when he was entrusted with God's entire house. Verse 3. But Jesus deserves far more glory than Moses, just as a person who builds a house deserves more praise than the house itself. For every house has a builder, but the one who built everything is God. Verse 5. Moses was certainly faithful in God's house as a servant. His work was an illustration of the truths God would reveal later. But Christ, as the Son, is in charge of God's entire house. And we are God's house if we keep our courage and remain confident in our hope 
in Christ. Okay, that's Hebrews 3, verses 1 through 6. Let's go back and deep dive a little bit, back to verse 1, and take a look at this a little bit more closely. And so, dear brothers and sisters who belong to God and are partners with those called to heaven, think carefully about this Jesus whom we declare to be God's messenger and high priest. Now, you remember we were talking earlier, for those of you who were with us, not a, some of you were not with us last time, uh, but we, um, we talked about how uh, Jesus was greater than the angels, and so we also mentioned that, Je- that the angels were God's messengers, and they were serving uh, the Lord Jesus Christ just as we are serving. And so we were also making that distinction for the, the, the ones who are the audience here, the Jewish Christians. You have to understand the Jewish Christians are being brought into this new faith now with this greater understanding of who Jesus is. And so this particular portion of Hebrews is talking specifically about who is this Jesus Christ and what is his place where we need to look at uh, when it comes to reverence and faith issues and all of that. And it's basically the same thing as it is for us. For the Jews, this was a very important uh, part of discussion as far as who Jesus Christ is. You have to understand, coming from the the old Mosaic law, the Jews felt that the priest was the highest human authority. And so they can relate when you mention about Jesus Christ here being the high priest. Um, that is where we need to understand that that's why the Jewish Christians were being told this information. Um, for Christians, the highest human authorities are God's messengers. Who are those people? The apostles, Jesus, um, but because Jesus is referred to here as the messenger and high priest, he is the ultimate authority where? In our church. Uh, the, the church, the head of our church, is none other than Jesus Christ. So we give him the full reverence and authority that he is the one over the entire church. The church, of course, always being referred to in Scripture as the bride of Christ. There's a very close relationship between Jesus Christ and the church. Where Jesus is the... Um, metaphorical husband and the church the wife or the the bride is the church itself so we need to understand that that's exactly why we need to look at what that relationship really represents and what that really means anyone who tells you that church is not important is misleading you and telling you something that's just completely false because Jesus Christ knows that the best possible way for believers to truly develop a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ is through the church it's teaching the fellowship aspect, the, the importance of prayer for members, all of these things are to be taken into account here. We, anybody who neglects getting together saying, oh, I don't want to go to the church, I don't want to be, well, they don't understand anything about, and I'm saying this very with all candidness, they have no idea what they're speaking about when it comes to relationships with Jesus Christ. If they understood that Christ, uh, if the bride of, the, of, the, of Christ is the church itself, being involved with the church, even with all its flaws, even with all of the issues, that come up that is where people need to be and so we have done everything we can do as a church to make sure that we get together that's why it was so important everybody to get together as quickly as we could at the very least even see each other online do whatever was necessary especially last year we don't want to neglect getting together in any way shape or form of course it's always ideal that we get together in person but we recognize that um, God can transcend beyond all of those circumstances if we just have a heart for him and are willing to get together. And that's what we need to look at here. So 
the Jewish Christians have that understanding that Jesus Christ is indeed the high priest. He is the highest authority for the church. And that's where the emphasis must be given here to really understand what's going on. Now, let's continue this because we're still in verse 1. <laughs> we still haven't gotten too far uh, ahead here. The writer of this uh, wants us to think carefully about this Jesus. Think carefully about this Jesus. That's what's written here. To fix our minds, to ponder carefully, and focus on what? The true significance of Jesus Christ. That's what I mentioned earlier in the prelude here, where we are looking at who Christ really is. Think about who he is. Um, I remember a song, there are lyrics in the song, says, think about his love, think about his goodness, um, think about all the things that he's brought us through. Think about who Jesus is. That's, that's not something that should be taken lightly. It should be something that should be pondered and, and thought about, not just a very careful, uh, careless, fleeting thought, but one that's going to be very important. So focusing on the true significance of Jesus takes time. It takes study of his word. It takes prayer. It takes meditation. One of the uh, the first two letters in the word uh, image, when we're talking about living in God's image, uh, investigating scripture, the I portion, investigating scripture, and M, meditating on the word. Those are the two very important things that we need to do before we even start living for Christ. We have to be in his word. We have to <coughs> truly uh, meditate on his word and make sure that we're doing everything we can in that area. Um, so how do we do this thing? How do we focus on the true significance of Jesus? Um, and how much do we do it? Well, we, we know that uh, focusing on Jesus Christ requires us to do what? Set aside uh, those things of the world that might distract us, amen? Those things on TV, those sound bites, um, moving quickly. We're, sometimes we're in such a hurry we have to stop and get, uh, maybe go to, to Wendy's or somewhere to get a salad, you know, just to, to move quickly and just get some things done. And there's nothing wrong with that, but we need to understand that in order for us to ponder and focus on who Jesus Christ is, we have to stop. We have to take a deep breath. We have to slow down. We have to ponder his goodness. And the more that you sit and focus on those things, guess what? Things are going to be brought to mind about God's goodness. Even when we scuffle with our health or with understanding uh, who God is, if we just stop and ponder it, he brings to light many things through the power of the Spirit that we should be paying attention to. We need to make sure that we are listening to him, listening to what he tells us, making sure that we are uh, truly able to come directly to him because uh, we don't need any intermedi intermediaries anymore. We go directly to Jesus Christ if we need something. He is the high priest, and we know, understand that his word is there for us to give credence to and to be, be obedient to because he is the one who, frankly, is entrusted to God's entire house. He's entrusted to us. He is something that we he wants what is best for us as a people he wants what is best for his church but he wants to make sure that we as believers are truly living for him and not putting any obstacles in the way that keep us from pondering his wonder his goodness his mercy his kindness his love all of those things need to be taken into account 
So when you think about the significance and the superiority of Jesus, um, how does it affect your life today? How does it affect your decision-making? How does it affect your actions? It doesn't really have an impact in this thing we call obedience because it should have an impact on all those things. I challenge you that you know, God already knows that we're going to make mistakes, we're going to sin, we're going to do all kinds of things every day. We, we do those things. He knows this already about us, but what he challenges us to do is to have a readiness of repentance in our hearts, the ability to stop and say, you know what, Lord, I know I can do better. I know I should do better. I ask that you forgive me. I just repent and turn away from those areas that are just, uh, I'm just not paying enough attention to you. I'm not focusing on you. And so that's what we need to see here. That's what we take the time to think carefully about who Jesus Christ is. And we declare him to be high priest, so we should honor him as a high priest. Honor him as Lord of all, Lord and Savior. That's exactly what we had to do when we became believers in the first place. Amen? We had to make a decision that what we were doing wasn't going get to get it done. What we were doing wasn't enough, that we needed a Lord in our lives. We needed a Savior in our lives where we needed to ask him for forgiveness and turn from our sin and he had to he has the power and the ability that once we ask of him that he forgives us he does it because that is his nature that is his character he asks uh, that we of course focus on his word focus on being obedient to him being prayerful uh, being mindful uh, being reverent of who he is we need to take who this Jesus Christ is very very seriously that's exactly what this is all about how does it affect your decisions? How does it affect your life knowing who Jesus Christ is? I challenge you sometime today, maybe you'll make a point to do this or maybe even set your alarm for something to stop and maybe for five minutes today, just take five minutes and just sit quietly. No TV, no radio, no distraction. Well, maybe even you can have light music in the background, something that's not going to be distracting, something that's very low. And just sit and ponder for those five minutes, God's goodness, what he has done, what he continues to do in your life. I think that's very, very important for us to do. And so we need to sit and ponder that today. I, I would challenge you to do that. <clears throat> Knowing that we've got a lot of prayers uh, that need to go up today, we've got to, we're going to be praying for Pastor Gus. We're going to be praying for Gus's brother, Glenn. We're going to be praying for uh, Brother Roscoe. Uh, these are people to pray for. Pray for the elders, too. Brother Larry, as well. Uh, pray for him as well. Take the time to use that time. Take that five minutes to stop and think about God's goodness and what he's doing in your life. I'm just going to challenge you to do that. Um, yeah, w your comment, Christy, is, is perfectly accurate. We do come to Jesus as Lord and Savior, but it can be harder to surrender to him as Lord of our lives. We do understand that. We've got to do that on a regular basis. We don't just do it one and done. Uh, at the time we just declare Christ as Savior in our lives. We have to keep doing it. We have to keep focusing on it. And we know this for a fact because we know that there have been believers out there who have just stumbled and fallen badly because they just haven't gone back to the basics and gone back to who Jesus Christ is in their lives. That's important for us to keep in mind. So great comment. I appreciate your sharing that. Let's go back to Hebrews chapter 3, verse 2 and 3. 
verses 2 and 3. Let's take a look at those more closely. For he was faithful to God who appointed him. This is Jesus Christ is being spoken of. Just as Moses served faithfully when he was entrusted with God's entire house. But Jesus deserves far more glory than Moses. Just as a person who builds a house deserves more praise than the house itself. Okay. So now the mention is being given about Moses. Now remember, to the Jewish people, who this is being written to, Moses was a great hero. And of course he was a great hero. Moses was the uh, one that uh, God had appointed to be uh, his messenger, his servant, uh, the servant that he loved very much. He had led the ancestors, the Israelites, from Egyptian bondage to the border of the Promised Land. He had also written the first five books of the Old Testament, which a lot of people seem to forget sometimes. He was the writer of the first five books of the Old Testament. And he was the prophet through whom God had given the law. Uh, the law being the Ten Commandments and the law in general that he speaks of in those first, uh, especially in, in Deuteronomy. Uh, he speaks about the law. So therefore, Moses was the greatest prophet in the scriptures. Now, this is according to the Jews, of course, and it's according to us as well, too, because of the prominence and what he represented. But Jesus, what is being said here that's very important for us to understand in this passage in Hebrews chapter 3, verses 2 and 3, is that Jesus deserves greater honor than their central figure, Moses. Um, even though Moses was the greatest prophet in the scriptures, um, he was still only a human servant. He was still a human servant. Jesus is not a human servant in the way that we understand. He is the servant. He is the living God. He is the God himself. Jesus is much more than human. He is God himself, which is what it refers to in verse 3. Um, back here, in, in, pardon me, in Hebrews 1.3. Let's take a look at that real quick. Hebrews 1. Hebrews 1 which was what we covered in our first part of the study here. Verse 3, Hebrews 1.3. So just hold your finger where you are and go to Hebrews chapter 1. Okay, huh? Okay. Or just look in the timeline, that's right. But Hebrews 1.3. This is the English Standard Version I'm reading from. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Now look at this passage again real quick. Not to prolong this too much here, but the thing that just jumped out at me about who Jesus Christ is. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. And... You remember, of course, in the creation, all God had to do is speak, um, let there be light, and there was light. And, and, and that's what I mean about his power. He is God. He is the eternal God, the uncreated creator. Uh, Jesus was indeed present uh, at creation. And we need to understand that these are significant things. And we look at Moses could never do any of these things. Moses was just going to be a human servant. And so what was being mentioned here by the writer... And we, we mentioned this earlier uh, before in previous lessons that the writer may have been Paul. We, we speculate that, but, we, but there was a lot of speculation about it. 
Um, but ultimately, the writer is trying to convey to the Jewish people that Jesus is greater than Moses. Jesus is the most important thing to focus on here. So, even though Moses led people out of Israel and out of Egyptian bondage, so Jesus Christ leads us out of sin's slavery. We aren't to settle for Moses. Uh, we need to understand that um, the author of Hebrews is saying, don't just settle for Moses, we need to look at Jesus Christ. Remember, Jesus Christ appointed Moses to be his servant. So if, if Moses didn't appoint himself. Uh, he responded to the call through the burning bush. Uh, that was God himself doing that. And, and so Jesus being God himself as well, too, as is mentioning here uh, in Hebrews 1.3, he's the one who appointed Moses to do all these things. So that's what we need to understand from the context of what we're looking at here and what the Jewish Christians are being told to understand as well, too. Um, there's nothing wrong with saying that Moses was great. He was a great hero, all those things, but Jesus is greater. Jesus is much greater. Um, Moses was merely being obedient to the Lord, and that's exactly what we need to leave that and keep that in mind. That's why we take the time to focus on the true significance of Jesus Christ. Thinking about his love, thinking about his goodness, thinking about all those things that he's done for us in our lives, thinking about how he thought so much of us that he died on the cross for us. These are all things that we need to ponder and just take the time. And when you take the time later today, that five minutes of time, and just ponder about his goodness, uh, perhaps with hands outreach, you know, outreaching and just lift it up. Just think about God's goodness indeed and who he truly is. Um, I'll just call that uh, homework for today. I think that's the best way to look at it. So let's continue. Uh, back to Hebrews chapter 3, verse 4. Um, for every house has a builder, but the one who built everything is God. And, and, of course, we recognize that because God is indeed the builder. God is the one who created us. He made us. Everything that we have, everything that we see, it all comes directly or indirectly through him. He is the one who allows things. He is the one who is, uh, has this world in his very hands. And you've got to believe that. You've got to understand how important it is for you to, to believe that. Many people will try to convince you otherwise. They look at the world today and say, oh, the Lord can't possibly be involved with what's going on here. There are people who are so arrogant that believe that they are greater than God in, in what they try to profess or what they try to proclaim what they'll try to say. God just looks at them and allows people to do what they do in arrogance, but it's a challenge for all of us who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ to trust in him and go directly back to him no matter what anybody else is saying, no matter what, no matter what anybody else is doing in the world today. The arrogant ones will always declare that they don't need God, they're greater than God, they, they think that God is a fairy tale, they think that God is this and that, because understand something. Um, Atheists believe there is no God, but they worship themselves. Uh, that's about the best way to put it. And so we need to recognize that as well, too. And something I saw last night was very important. Um, agnostics, uh, agnostics question the existence of God, but they don't rule them out. So what should we be doing for agnostics? We should be praying for them because that's an opportunity for them to come to a knowledge of who Jesus Christ truly is because they just need more information. They just need more to digest. It's not that they're ruling anything out. That's a very, very significant thing. I didn't think about it that way last uh, yesterday until I heard 
Atheists believe there is no God. Agnostics question God's existence. That means there's always room for prayer for those individuals who don't know the Lord. Keep that in mind as you have conversations with people. And what I'm going to share uh, with you, too, is that we need to be making sure that we're ready to proclaim the gospel to others as well, too, and talk about this truth about who Jesus Christ is. And honestly, this is a, a Hebrews is a good place to go. I know that uh, Gus was um, going to be asking people to read uh, Hebrews chapter 6, 7, 8, and 9 um, because of all the wonderful things that Hebrews declares about God's goodness and his majesty, his grace. And, and those are, of course, it's going to be further ahead in our study. That was just a coincidence that he's talking about those things. But we need to be in the Word and looking at the Word and truly pondering over the, the significance of God's Word in our lives. So please keep that in mind. And let's look at verses 5 and 6. And that's going to be the uh, focus here because we've got a lot to cover in this, these two verses, believe it or not. Verse 5, Hebrews, back to Hebrews chapter 3, verse 5. Moses was certainly faithful in God's house as a servant. His work was an illustration of the truths God would reveal later. But Christ, as the Son, is in charge of God's entire house. And we are God's house if we keep our courage and remain confident in our hope in Christ. Wow. We are God's house. He is the one who is in charge of us. So Moses, going back to the comparison here, he was faithful to God. He was faithful in God's house as a servant. What was Moses charged to do? Basically be in charge over the people of Israel, the ones who are being exiled, who, the ones who, who not exiled, the ones who were, um, had the exodus, excuse me, from uh, Egypt and came into and being drawn towards that place, which would be the promised land. And of course, we know that Moses wasn't able to get there because he was disobedient to the Lord and was very specific. God had told him about that disobedience as well, too. That doesn't diminish who he was, though. He was cer certainly faithful. Um, Moses was faithful in the God's calling in not only delivering Israel, but preparing the way for the Messiah. Because there's an illustration here that's being, take that's being shown here. The work that Moses did was an illustration of the truths God would reveal later, which is really, really interesting for us to see here and recognize that. That's what it says in verse 5. All the Old Testament leaders also served to prepare the way. Everybody that we read about in the Old Testament, everybody that we look at as prophets in the Old Testament, all of those are people who we look to and we, we know that in many ways they were flawed, but yet they were still being chosen by God to do what? prepare the way for us to have greater understanding of who Jesus Christ was. We've always said that all 66 books of the Bible point directly to Jesus Christ, and of course all the Bible, the books in the Old Testament do the same thing. So we recognize that. And so if the believers in the Old Testament were preparing the way, they were giving the best foundation for us to understand what? The New Testament. Now, interestingly enough, the New Testament, uh, we're going to look at the, the covenant uh, that God made with the people of Israel before in the Old Testament and the New Covenant in the New Testament. And Gus is going to discuss that in his message online. Please stay tuned for that. That's going to be important for you to see. 
Um, but in reading the Old Testament, we're going to see some things that are very important for us to understand about this whole thing about preparation. First thing we need to see is that how God uses people to accomplish his purposes. Do you see that if you look at the things in the Old Testament, the people in the Old Testament? God uses people to accomplish his purpose. God uses people to do those things. Who, these, all of the different prophets that existed, they were there to accomplish his purposes. And his purpose was what? To declare God uh, before the people, to declare who he was, to have them recognize the importance of paying attention to him, looking to him for obedience, all the things that we read about and study about in the New Testament are the same things that they were being showing us through the Old Testament prophets. Second thing, he uses events and personalities to illustrate important truths. Important truths. Uh, God gave the Ten Commandments to Moses to do what? Establish the rule of law and important truths for the people to follow. He wanted those people to start by looking at him as a point of reference and a point of reverence. Not just reference, but reverence. Because he basically was declaring, I, you shall have no other gods before me. He was making that very clear. What was the tendency for a lot of people back in the day? To make idols and, and foreign gods that do anything but pay attention to the Lord Jesus Christ. What is our problem today? A lot of people do what? Uh, look at money as a god. Look at objects or things as gods. They don't look at God as God. Uh, and that's what we need to recognize here. So that was being done as well, too. The third thing that we uh, need to recognize from the Old Testament prophets was that God announced the Messiah. Who did he do that through? Isaiah. Um, that's just one example. There's all different kinds of references. All of the uh, Jeremiah, all the different prophets of the Old Testament, they announced. And, and understand something. They didn't always know what they were announcing, but they announced it anyway because it was God's inspired word. And so they may not have had complete understanding of who this Messiah was, but yet they spoke of him. And it wasn't so much for their benefit, it was for our benefit as we read God's inspired word. We need to understand that. It, it, this was information being conveyed to us to know that the Messiah was indeed coming. The Jewish people picked that up. They knew a Messiah was coming. They understood that by looking at the old Mosaic law. They understood all of those things. And the fourth thing is that how, through the system of sacrifices, God prepared people to understand the Messiah's work. What sacrifices? Well, there were blood sacrifices, there were animal sacrifices, there were uh, gifts that were being given, grain, um, doves, whatever it was that were sacrificed according to the law based upon what people could afford to do to pay reverence and give honor through sacrifice to the Lord and, and make sure that they were being obedient to him. And also for the forgiveness of sin. That was something that was done through the priests. So we understand that sacrifice thing where, fortunately, we don't have to go through all this animal sacrifice, blood sacrifice, all that stuff. Jesus Christ took care of it all for us once and forever. We don't need to worry about that. He did shed his blood for us, but he did so because that would make us white as snow. His crimson blood would make us white as snow because we have complete and total forgiveness if we acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So we understand that the sacrifices prepared us to understand what this whole thing about sacrificing was all about. And we have to live a life of sacrifice, don't we? We have to give up 
frankly, those life's pleasures, those things that would get us in trouble in the past, those things that we used to do that we doggone shouldn't but shouldn't be doing anymore, um, those things that we have to sacrifice because we understand there is a commitment in our sacrifice to living for Jesus Christ. And that commitment means living in such a way where we are honoring him and not tearing him down or not shaming his name. We're living in such a way where we're giving honor to the Lord Jesus Christ in our actions, our words, our speech. These are all things that we sacrifice to do, and that's fine. And sacrificing means what? Dying to self and living for Christ. There are a lot of things that we would love to be able to do, but sometimes we just shouldn't be doing them, especially if it's being disobedient to the Lord. And sometimes there are good things that we should be uh, doing, but we sometimes sacrifice that because whatever we're doing for Christ usually is much more important. And so we need to make sure of that, that we're living in such a way where we are not always wrestling with ourselves. Amen? We're wrestling in such a way where we want to wrestle in such a way where we are being obedient to the Lord and wrestling in a way where it's positive and knowing that God is just challenging us to live in a much greater way, a much better way, a way where we're giving him reverence, a way that we're giving him honor. So if you... I thought of this when I prepared for this message here about making sure that you're including your Old Testament in your regular Bible reading. <laughs> that is actually mentioned uh, here as a commentary, but we do use the Old Testament in our church <laughs> to make sure. Uh, the Old Testament is uh, equally as important as reading the New Testament. And of course, the gospel message of Jesus Christ is in the New Testament. We recognize and understand that, but the Old Testament, you don't neglect the Old Testament. You don't neglect those tough-to-read chapters like uh, Nehemiah or, or, or places where it, it may seem to read slower. That You read all of it. You read all the way through it. And as you read through it, those places in the New Testament will gre become much more clearer in meaning. Understand something. God wants to teach you through everything. Everything. So certainly the focus has to be on reading the Old Testament as you do your readings. If you're doing your daily Bible reading, there are Old Testament passages and New Testament passages in every day, day's worth of reading. So we don't ever neglect the Old Testament. It's all part of the learning process. And I'm going to challenge you too, that as you read the Old Testament and search for deeper meaning, as you're praying and meditating on his word, he's going to give you what you need. You have to ask for it though. You've got to pray for it and ask for it. Ask for deeper meaning if you have a lack of understanding of anything you're reading. God wants to teach you. And that's right, uh, Roscoe. You've got to have one to understand the other. That's exactly right. That's exactly... You summed up in one sentence what I just said in about 30. <laughs> so that's exactly what it's all about here. We need to make sure that we're looking at what the Old Testament is saying and being clear about that. Okay. Back to verse 6, Hebrews chapter 3. But Christ as the Son is in charge of God's entire house, and we are God's house if we keep our courage and remain confident in our hope in Christ. So because Christ lives in us as believers, we can remain courageous and hopeful to the end. Amen and amen. Amen, isn't that true? Um, the, the Old Testament sets the stage uh, as to who Jesus Christ is going to be, the Messiah, and when we look at Christ as a believer today, as we have this reading and greater understanding, as we pray and meditate on the word, he's going to help us to remain courageous. Now, in, in this world today, you better be courageous. 
you better rely upon courageousness. What did God say to Joshua? Right at the beginning of Joshua, we know, be strong and courageous. And he said it not once, but twice within the same passage area. Be strong and courageous. That is exactly how we are to be today. We need to be doing that. Joshua 1.9, if I'm not mistaken, that's where that is. Be strong and courageous. We need to be strong and courageous. Uh, the world today, what is the world today doing? Ginning up fear in a lot of areas. There's a lot of areas where you can be fearful. And understand something, fear is paralyzing. Fear can be paralyzing. We really need to go beyond how we feel about certain things or how we react to certain things that we see and get a little bit deeper in the word and just be strong and courageous. The Lord said it to Joshua, well, have I not told you? Have I not told you? Be strong and courageous. That is exactly what we need to do. We are not saved by being steadfast and just firm in our faith. We had to reach out, didn't we? We had to reach out in faith to Jesus Christ. We had to have the courage and hope that our faith was real. We were trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I believe you. I'm trusting in you. I'm trusting that you answer and keep every promise. And understand something. Once we declare Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, he immediately assured us that we would have a place with him in paradise. That's exactly what he did on the cross with the thief. Today you'll be with me in paradise. That was an immediate declaration that was made on the cross when the thief decided to trust in Jesus as far as who he really was. And that's all it takes. Just believing. Just believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. And that's all it takes. You, of course, need to understand the importance of repentance. And we, we if you uh, hang with us at church later on today. We'll talk about that a little bit more as we talk about baptism and, and what that represents. But you don't get saved by just being baptized. You have to repent and turn from your sin. Uh, that's what's declared in Acts chapter 2 uh, when Peter is speaking. Uh, that's what's declared uh, in Matthew uh, chapter 3 when we're looking at uh, when when John the Baptist was getting ready to baptize Jesus Christ. It was being done symbolically uh, with symbolism. But ultimately what it comes down to is that baptism wasn't going to take place unless you repented and turned from your sin. That's why, that's why when John the Baptist was speaking to the people who were coming to him in the wilderness, he was saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent is the first thing you had to do uh, before you got baptized. So that was what was necessary for people to see and understand. It's all a part of teaching and understanding for us to see what was going on. Without this faithfulness, we could be blown away by temptation, amen? We can be blown by, away by what's going on. Um, take a look at Hebrews 3.14. It's a passage that um, we'll be covering next week, but I want to jump ahead and cover Hebrews 3.14 as we close out here. For today, we need to stand firm in the faith. We need to stand firm in what the Word is saying. And... That's what's being conveyed here about keeping our courage and remaining confident in our hope in Christ, as mentions in verse 6. But Hebrews 3.14 says, For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. Firm to the end. Yes, once you become a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, it's once and for all time. You won't lose your salvation. God's word promises that. Uh, no one can snatch 
anyone out of his right hand ever, as he declares in Scripture. But you have responsibility over how much faith and confidence you have in his word. You're the one that has to stand strong in the faith. You're the one that has to persevere through all kinds of temptation and challenges. You're the one that has to stand firm on the rock of Jesus Christ. And he wants you to do that so that you can be able to deal with stuff like false teaching, too. Being able to answer against false teaching. Uh, you will know false teaching when you hear it because you trust in God's word. You trust in his teaching. You trust in his truth. Amen. That is what this whole passage is all about here. Staying confident. Understand that the Jewish Christians were being subjected to what? A lot of false teaching. They were being told to stand firm in their faith, stay confident in their faith in Jesus Christ, not allow distractions to get in the way. That was the most important lesson for all of them to see and understand. I'm trusting that you got a lot of uh, what was being said here in the first six verses of Hebrews chapter 3. I tell you, that was just a, that was a mouthful in itself. And I'm just taking a deep breath and just marveling at God's goodness. Marveling at the, the ability for me to recall certain things, too. I'm just like, wow. Uh, it's it's uh, praise the Lord for his goodness. Praise the Lord for his Holy Spirit to be able to impart wisdom and knowledge to all of us. Take the time today, as we had mentioned earlier, to take that five minutes of time. Shut everything else off and just stop and reflect on God's goodness. Reflect on how significant he truly is. He is Lord. He is Savior. He is our high priest. He is the one over all of us. And I just thank him for all of that as well. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time that you've set aside for us. Lord, thank you for all that you are doing in our lives to help us recognize your goodness. And Lord, as we move forward today and just revel in your peace, revel in just how significant and important you are, we thank you, Lord, and we give you praise for what you're doing in our lives, for how you've delivered us and kept us, for how you are a great healer, you are a great physician, and Lord, we know that you have our lives in your hands and we know that even when we leave here, when we leave this place, we know that we have a secure place with you. And we thank you for that assurance. Lord, we thank you for helping us even though we may have mustard seed-sized faith that you teach us and you just show us who you really are. We thank you so much for this, Lord. We just give you praise and thanks for all these things that you're doing in our lives and all that you'll continue to do as well, too. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, God bless you all. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for being here. Um, God bless you all. I, I hope that you... I saw that there may have been some connectivity issues today. Uh, that just seems to happen sometimes because Satan's busy. Uh, he tries to keep us from focusing on him, as focusing on Jesus Christ and and not paying attention to him. He would rather him have him focus on uh, who he is. But I'm just very thankful for this time to be able to get together with you. God bless you all. You take care of yourselves. Enjoy the rest of your day. For those of you who are coming to join us in Akron, um, we just ask that you uh, dress comfortably. We will be indoors today. Um, but blessings to all of you for being with us today. Stay tuned online after the Sunday School message and go to Pastor Gus's message Please make comments on his message. He won't be at church today, uh, and, but please acknowledge and say, give some comments there saying, Lord, thank you uh, uh, for Gus and what he's doing, and 
and just thank him for his ministry and just pray for him for his healing and recovery. Amen. Thanks for being here today. God bless you all. Take care. We'll see you next time.